gentlemen, welcome to Brothers Grimdark podcasting again, or maybe the first time. Either way, hello. We're here, I'm Alan. <laughs> hello. I'm Henry, and before we get into the meat, meat and the veg. <laughs> I was also thinking the veg. And the veg. <laughs> the meat and the veg of this episode. Which is thinly veiled uh, euphemism. I, I was also going to explain what the euphemism was. <laughs> this is... It's, it's it's getting to dangerous levels. Yeah. Uh, now, meat and two veg was a phrase that I kept accidentally using in front of our gran. <laughs> she's, she's a conservative woman who doesn't know what meat and two veg means. And by conservative, I mean like old-fashioned. She doesn't like men swearing in front of women and all that sort of yeah. stuff. And so my mind just kept supplying me with meat and two veg. And you can see in her mind... The image like, of the words. No, just thankfully the words. Thankfully the words. Um... Anyway, that that tension aside, the meat. Before we get to the meat and two veg, yes, <laughs> off the podcast, I would just like to say that Tom Cruise, you know, he puts in a solid performance in anything he's in, even if it's a shit film. What he about makes the mummy film? He makes an effort, though. He makes an effort, and he he basically wrote that film. He turned it into a passion project, which was a crazy idea because Tom Cruise is crazy. It's a dog shit film, though. Yeah, I dare no, 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 but well, he turns up. While we're on the topic, real quick, this is apparently one on podcast, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, did you hear about Justin Bieber challenging him to a fight on Twitter? Tom Cruise? Yeah, Justin Bieber, randomly on Twitter, just throws out like a, Tom Cruise, how about you fight me in the octagon right now? Like, come on, if you don't do this, you'll regret it for the rest of your life. Okay. Now, Tom Cruise is like in his 50s. Yeah, but my money's on him. Oh, yeah. Like, all day, every day, like, all my money, my savings are going on Tom Cruise. That man is, like, in scary shape, and he's, he's he did, like, wrestling at school, or, like, uni, or, like, whatever the fuck it is. He was also, like, finished. smashes his ankles doing his own stunts, because he's a crazy person. Yeah, like, like, Tom Cruise is a charismatic crazy person. He's someone that I look at and go, that dude's straight up crazy, but I like him. He is crazy. He's, now, he's, he's you crazy. never fight crazy. It's not a good crack. idea. <laughs> Never fight crazy or crack. Just give in. <laughs> Just give in. That's not. That's what. Maybe, that's what maybe we're run. That's, maybe that's, that's a better idea. Run from crack now. Who's crazy? <laughs> it's everywhere. It's in the cities. The FBI did it. Now Head to the country. <laughs> okay. Now Justin Bieber is one of these people that everyone says to me, "Come on." Just like him. Who says that? <laughs> Loads of people. Who? Loads of people. Stop literally, talking to them. I know, but literally, I mean, if you if you watch the dude, he doesn't do anything too much. Like, he's just a guy, right? And then you hear the stories about the things that he does. Yeah. And you think, this guy is just an arsehole. And people are like, yeah, but there's so much pressure on him because, like, he's he's so he's so famous and so rich and wealthy. He doesn't do anything. The only reason he's in the news any time now is because he's doing dumb shit. He's, he's, a, not, he's not making music anymore. He's doing fuck all. I think he's a crazy person. Yeah, exactly. He's a crazy person with a shit ton of money. And he is making music. He is made, he? He made music. Oh, sweet, sweet, God. sweet music with Ed Sheeran. Oh, <laughs> it was... I, I don't know. You know what? Let's, let's not turn this into music. Yeah, let's, let's, let's focus let's, on cruise ship. Let's shift one. Now, cruise ship. I have questions. It's Tom Cruise. <laughs> I this, this is not <laughs> what this Cruise. podcast is about. It will be for a second. Now, he just puts in a solid performance, and that's something I can respect. It's like Brendan Fraser. No, he puts in a fun performance, though. That's the difference. He puts in a fun performance, yeah. but he turns up. Like, there are so many celebrities where you see them in a shit film, and they... They're just clearly taking a paycheck. They do not give a shit. They're just there. 
I will use Jennifer Lawrence as what? an example. <laughs> as an example, X Men Days of Dick and Shit. Terrible. X Men First Class, a lot of fun. X Men First Class Part 2, The First Blood. Whatever that fucking film was, where they go back in time through the professor's mind. Days of Future Past. The thing you just mentioned. Right. The, the film you brought up specifically, knowing the title of, and then I forgot know, five seconds later. I thought I thought I was talking about Apocalypse for some reason. Anyway, no. that's bad. No, Don't the watch screwdriver that. is like shifting the brain that. slightly. Now, Jennifer Lawrence in that Future Past film. Yeah. She is phoning the fuck out of that performance. She's phoning in. That's what the phrase is. But you're, she's you're phoning, phoning in. the fuck out of that performance. <laughs> like, there's a phone. She's on the other end of it. And, and then no further. Yes. <laughs> we go no further. But, <laughs> so we're willing to piss off G-dubs, but Jennifer Lawrence, that's that's where someone will crack down on us. That's where the losses oh, yeah. will break out. Absolutely. Someone will kill us. Now, I, you know, yeah, she did. She just phoned it in. Okay. <laughs> she phoned it in. Whereas what, Tom Cruise, what relevance does this shit have? Tom Cruise, what relevance does this have? If Tom Cruise was playing Mystique, what he would have done a great job. No, he wouldn't have. He would, and he would have just been jacked and punching the shit out of everyone. Okay, and I'm, saving the president. Why is this coming up now? Because I saw him in one of these <laughs> Mission Impossible. Films. All right, moving on then. <laughs> No, that's, no, that's we, we don't important. care. None of us that, care. That is an important thing. No, it's not. It's important. Not in the slightest. You know what? No. This this podcast is about honesty. It's about it's Warhammer. It's about division. <laughs> Civil War. No. Horace Heresy. Right, We're no. back in. Yeah, okay, Horace Heresy. Right. What happened during the Horace Heresy? There was fighting. If Tom Cruise was in it, he'd be in a great performance. Leave him the fuck out of this. And there's also Titanicus, as you've guessed he's from the title. He's not tall enough. To be in 40k. He could be a scale model. He could be a squat. <laughs> he could be a squat. Fucking Jack squat. <laughs> at the age of 50. Fighting Justin Bieber. Yeah. Fuck it, it's canon. I'd, I'd, it's like, to, I'd like to see it happen. Not make Tom Cruise being canon no. in 40k, but I'd like to see the fight happen. You know what? I wouldn't mind Tom Cruise in 40k. Depending yeah, I wouldn't on how they mind. use it. I, I wouldn't mind him. Like, if there was a 40k yeah. film, he could, he could turn a bit. He could do it. He could be a space marine, though. I'd, I'd laugh. He'd be cast he, as one. He could be a short one. Be. Be short space marine. There's not many of them. Be a squat. We're back to them. anyway. Titanicus. Yes. Now we did a whistle stop tour, faster than a speeding bullet, giving an overview of Titanicus. I think it was more like a freight train derailing in slow motion for an hour and a half. But okay. Okay, that's a great analogy. That's what it was. That's what it was. <laughs> that, that's our podcast. That's what we do. I mean, freight train is probably. It's like two people on those wagons where they got like oh, a the push things, handle, yeah, 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 on the rail, yeah, the, yeah, and then that flipped over <laughs> in slow motion, <laughs> in slow motion, and then blew up and caught fire midway through. That was that's Robbed exciting. As it is, um, but now we want to discuss the gameplay side of it. Then I'm guessing at a future date, future, we'll future, at a, fu- a future date, we'll be discussing the law. <laughs> I want to do my walking. But I need to mentally prep for my walk-in. <laughs> I will unleash my walk-in one it's day. It's not something you can walk into. Do you, oh, no, the Weapon of choice. Yeah, no, I, I, actually, I know what person can just launch into a great walk-in and it's terrifying and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm scared, <laughs> but loving it. Yeah, that's, that's exactly how it is. It's like he's in a room. That's amazing. As is. That's amazing. That's so, a gift. I'm guessing we're discussing Lord of Later Date. Is, is that how we're doing? Is this like the natural progression you know of things? Then we can discuss the campaign shit another time. Like it's, it's you like know we have an entire series we could talk about. So this, probably will. This is the hippie movement of podcasts. What? On Warhammer 40k. I. 
It is. You need to stop puffing glue before we start these. <laughs> or more. Don't don't have glue. Uh, have glue. Don't do it. <laughs> don't have the goo, man. <laughs> don't have that. <laughs> don't have that sweet mama. Don't do that. Where were we? <laughs> Gameplay. <laughs> Gameplay. <laughs> okay. Ah, yes. Yeah, so now, gameplay. I want to talk about it. <laughs> We've covered that. <laughs> the past minute has been discussing the fact we'd like to talk about gameplay. I want to look at it. That's not useful in an now, audible format. <laughs> Audio format, there we go. Your, your brain's melting. It is very hot. It is <laughs> late. It is hot. It, it is England. England. This, is, this is England as it shouldn't be. This is like hot and it's uncomfortable and I'm confused and scared. Yeah. To anyone else that is probably of moderate toughness, they're probably, they'll be fine. But with foppish dandies. As foppish dandies <laughs> who spend their younger years playing with toy soldiers and then never stopped. Here we are. That's all of us, though. That is. That's all of us. That, you're not a foppish dandy for doing that. No, the, well, those are two separate things. Those are two separate things. Yeah. Now, gameplay. Now, we've played a fair bit of Titanicus. Yeah, we... Also, that, that reminds me how... Um, after the last one, we after the last one of these uh, things we record podcasts. Yeah, that's hello. We we were saying how late. Let's go fucking play Titanicus because we were hyped for it after that. Yes. and we went into that game and somebody was riding a little high on the success you know of the game before. I was not riding high. I you, was. You were confident as balls. I was not confident as balls. You, were, you I was... marched in there going, look, because for those of you who don't know, he renounced the dice gods <laughs> and won a game. At which point. That's it. That's the secret. Walks into this game going, fuck you, Dice Gods. Don't need you. I'm going to fucking win this thing. Because okay. it's easy. Now, <laughs> now that I've denounced the Dice Gods, I can do anything. You know what? Yes. <laughs> that was true. Yeah. That was... I mean, it was true. That was, that was the entire I, setup and part of the first turn. I felt like... You know what? Maybe this game... Maybe I've turned a corner because I beat Alan. Yeah. You did. I... You did. I was declared champion of the people. By you. By me. <laughs> Which is the people. 100% of the voter turnout yeah. voted for me. In the secret election. <laughs> Where only I was eligible to vote. <laughs> yeah. I was pretty... Um, you know, I, I wasn't cock of the walk. <laughs> you, you're pretty <laughs> much... Was. Was. Yeah, you weren't but cock I of the was. walk, but you're hoisted by your own batard. But I was. Now, when we turned up at the table... I was outplayed. I was outplayed in the deployment phase because there's different deployments. Um, one of these deployments is you split the board in. Well, sorry, you, you have your two sort of twelve-inch deployment rectangles. Standard. Yeah, you, 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 you little deployment bands either side of the board. There you go. But then it's it's divided further. And you divide it into four squares, and then each square has an allocated letter, so A, B, C, D. And then you decide for each title. It's called a sector. Those sec the sector. There we go, yeah. The sector, sector of your deployment. There you go. That makes sector. it sound sexy. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but the sectors. Yeah. So you you decide in secret where each titan is going to go. So, for example, Warlord Titan is going to be in A. And then you, you both reveal... At your the same time. Once you've got your little list, so you, get to, you both see where the shit lies. Yeah. Where the shit lands. And Alan put all of his forces in one square. Now, I do not have many, if any, template when play... Template... 
template. <laughs> template Wemplate. Oh, it's a little Wemplate. I don't know where Wemplate came from. Is that like the small glass marker is the template Wemplate? That is the template Wemplate. Yeah. I do not have many templates. <laughs> or Wemplates, for that matter. Yeah, in my do you have, do you have any Wemplates? No, I do not. You do? I have one. You have one Wemplate, that I have one Wemplate. So, he deployed in a little ball. I deployed spread out. And his objective was basically get through my forces yeah, get to the other side and my objective because I always roll the same ones is either hold my fucking defensive line <laughs> as in which is never going to work because I'm versus Warhounds which is it's not just like um, stop them getting past your titans it's keep them the fuck away from your board edge yeah which is tough to do against Warhounds because they're speedy little shits yeah and it's quite a big board and yeah not good mm. so anyway I got outplayed and then just on the second turn of the game I think I turned to Alan and I said I think it's going to be one of those games and you just look back and said, yeah, 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 it's going to be one of those games. Because I, the total sum of all of my turns, of the five turns we played, all I managed to do was strip void shields. I did not do a single piece of damage to any titan. The only damage that was done was when my own titan exploded. <laughs> that was it. The closest you got to damaging titans was when, um, in the final round of shooting, every single template weapon you had scattered onto the remains of the warlord. So, yes. had that thing still been alive, you would have done some damage to a Titan. Yes, my own Titan. Yes. It was just one of those games, chaps. Um, it wasn't the dice gods, because they're not real. I've denounced them, even though they're not real. They shat on you. You know what? I, I'm going to keep my head high. My feathers are still up in the air, like a mighty peacock. That's. He gave me a hand just to show how the feathers were. That's not how peacock's feathers go. That's still not. I gave him another hand gesture. And a third. It was a middle finger. <laughs> now. Alright. Okay, let's, well, let's. I'm on the back foot. <laughs> let's talk Titanicus. We were! Welcome. We should, we should just cut this. <laughs> just, just, let's just leave the podcast. Let's there. just cut it. Yeah, this is it. It's just Tom Cruise and the Star Titanicus. Gameplay. Now, an overview. We've played quite a few games. We have not experienced the full panoply of Titanicus. We have not had every single unit that's been released. So we've had Reaver, Warlord, Warhound, and Good. Knights. Yeah, we've had both variants of Knights. But we haven't had all the weapons of no, the we... Warlord, and we haven't had all the weapons of the Reaver, and yeah, all not the weapons yet. of the We've played with quite a lot of it, though. We've played with quite a lot of it. We got quite a good feel for it, and this is just going to be our take on gameplay from what we've played so far. We could be wrong. I'm not telling you this is hard fact. I don't want to tell you how to play your game. Uh, you do you. Oh yeah, no, like it's also a game which does reward you doing your own thing. Like even when it came down to like um, last week we were bitching about the is it the Reggie Manipal? Yes. Yeah, we were bitching about that and then the next day we were loosely discussing it. Yeah. Oh no. It, made, no, it was yeah. that evening. It was while that evening. We were yeah. Playing. Yeah. I, I sort of realised there's a way because looking at the strategy, there's a way you could maybe make it work with your two warlords and then three warhounds. Is if you give the warhounds all like turbo lasers for range, and then you also have um, uh, one of the emplacements, which lets you drain power from it. I mean, let's be fair. I came up with the warhound bit. You came up with the emplacement. Yeah. No, you were saying that the turbo lasers were. It was too. a joint team effort because I was losing so badly. You just you don't even need to look at the <laughs> start, game anymore. So I think about how could I use different things. Mm. How but could but, I but do better? That was something which we hadn't thought of. I still don't think that it's the best way to it, utilize those units. Yeah, it's definitely not great. 
It's subpar, but it's not as bad as just a static line. It's not... I wouldn't say it's too bad. Like, I'd say it's, like, all right. From from how I'd see it working, it would be all right to use. Yeah. Because also you got to remember that you're getting a lot more weaponry for your buck. There's something else I've been thinking about, because you were saying that the um, uh, turbo laser... Latest. Latest. The turbo latest um, was worse than the Warhound, just fact, compared to the Reaver. Yes. Now... Which I will present the counterpoint for now. Okay. Which is, Warhounds are cheaper. So you can get... <coughs> You can get <laughs> Basically, your tax for that gun is less. Yes. Now, let me stop you there. Counter- <laughs> let me counter- stop you there. Counter, counter. I think you should treat the turbo laser. And now we're getting very specific. Like you treat your women. <laughs> like you treat your women. Um, get inside she- 12 times a day and get take it to heaven and back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should treat it as a utility weapon. Like a cheap little utility weapon. And I don't think it should be a primary armament, and I think that's why, as a top gun for a Reaver, that's a good spot for it. Now, you mean a carapace-mounted weapon? Carapace-mounted weapon. Not a small fighter jet piloted by Tom Cruise. Full circle. <laughs> yeah, it comes back. Get on my eyes, Goose. <laughs> now, why I don't like the turbo laser on the Warhound is because you can boost turbo lasers by rolling the reactor die, risking it for that proverbial biscuit, and Warhounds do not like reactor. They do not like using it, because if you roll the two reactor, you're instantly into orange. Now, I have two experiences of Warhounds that go into orange. Either they blow up and blow themselves, or they blow their shields off and get blown by someone else. Isn't that every single time you've tried overcharging that is with a Warhound? every single time I've tried overcharging with a Warhound. Yeah. Every single time. This is like, not exaggeration, by we, the way. We this played is... a game the other day, and I just went, watch me roll the two reactor. Rolled it. He did. And he it just did. blew my tossing shields off. This, this is not exaggeration. People like to use hyperbole when it comes to this thing. No. Every time he has tried boosting the Warhound when it's at full reactor, he has rolled that two thing. He doesn't try it often. It's a rare thing, but when he does... I will try it, and I will blow those shields. <laughs> yeah. Now, blow the reactor. That's what it's for. <laughs> now, what I love about that... Blow your own reactor. What I love about blowing one's Stripping reactor... Stripping the shields off. Blowing those shields. Blowing them mightily. Fuck, those shields are cool in the game, though. Law-wise, they're amazing. They're absolutely amazing. Now, what I don't that's like... That's a discussion for maybe next week. Maybe... <laughs> what, what I, I don't <laughs> sorry did I interrupt <laughs> you what I don't like <laughs> what I don't like <laughs> is being interrupted no what I don't like is what I do like <laughs> what I do like pick a it's so sake. fucking hard pick a so lane can we just can we just move can we move to Norway or something anyway <laughs> sorry I think we like literally stand up and walk off with the mic go on a tour to be fair I th- you know when you look back yeah. it's like I look back down again I like some of the older episodes. I'm a bit zanier. Yeah. I know why. It's because it gets hot. Because it gets fucking hot. It and, gets hot. And as the temperatures cool down a bit, we started being more rational, a bit more like, hey, we can do serious analysis now. We went too analytical. We were a little, yeah, we were a little dull at times. But <laughs> <laughs> that's that's who we are. Whereas it introduced the heat. <laughs> <laughs> we go crazy. Yeah, that's when we get the meat discussions. Now, what I like about that with the, the reactors, what I like about the reactors <laughs> on the Warhound is just the reliability of going into amber fucks you. It does, because... And I like that. I really like that, because you know the stakes. The stakes are high, the stakes are punishing, and I do enjoy a game that lets you fuck up. Yes. Because there's too much hand-holding in games, and I love that in Titanicus, where it's like, you fucked up. You knew the risks, you took the gamble, and it's fucked you. And that's the thing as well. They've done a really, really, really fucking good job 
of making boosting like turns and movement good enough. Yeah. Which I can't I can't stress highly enough. It's that it's not just that the risks are high enough. You don't want to do it every single time. Yeah. They're they're really not. Um, it's a bit more tempting with reavers and warlords because you do have a lot more reactor space. But even then, there's a chance of getting the um, machine spread, machine spread awakens. awakens. Machine foxy. Yeah, which you don't really want to fuck around with too much. So it is a rare thing, but it is also rewarding enough to do. It like it is fantastically done. Like fucking love that bit of the game. Fucking yeah. love most of the game. Fucking love all the game. <laughs> <laughs> you know we I, talked about this before. We did. did. We did. You burp an awful lot on the podcast. Could you pack it in? No. If, if I if I followed <laughs> up every single burp mid mid word with Morty, would that help? Yeah, it would. It would. Yeah. Okay, I'll stop burping when you stop dying. That's not. Happen- I'm never getting better, people. I am ill <laughs> still. It's like week seven of being ill. It's it's gone on. Welcome to death. Yeah. Welcome to the slow decline. Anyway, Warlord. Let's go through the Titans. Let's go through the Titans. Are we going? Are we, do we want to start the Warlord? I want to start with the Warlord. We're then ending with Knights. No, that's I think, my issue. Then. No, no, no. I knights are not like a finishing topic. I think it's a good transition. To what? Because we 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 can loop everywhere. No, we. This is a freewheeling. Yeah, but open-ended. But fight to the death. But you end with the big boys. You start with the small ones. <laughs> No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> Your days at boarding school. <laughs> we never went to boarding school. Now, <laughs> the Warlord. The Warlord, trust me. Trust I, me on I, this fuck one. Fuck it. Fuck it. I'm Luke Skywalker. That's no, you not in the slightest. You've, you've literally asked me to trust you and then declared you're Luke Skywalker. Does that, does that mean you go around milking giant blue things and glaring at the camera? That's episode seven for anyone. Episode eight. Episode eight, which is bad. It is. You know what? That's that's our shot fired against episode eight for yeah. today. Warlord. I fucking love the Warlord. I fucking love it. It's borderline erotic. It's borderline erotic. Now, watching it in other people play, bat reps. Some call bat reps. Some call it. Which may be on the way. I know we which keep saying that, way, but which like, may be on the way. It's never going to happen. It, <laughs> but it may be on the way. It, 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 damn it! It's going to happen soon. It's going to happen soon. Now, soon. watching people play bat reps with warlords, it it froths my milk and not in a good way not in a good way because it bubbles my chocolate <laughs> because we're in Aeropar now I think they misplay with the Warlord they do a lot of silly shit as we touched upon last episode yep. they do a lot of sh- silly shit with the Warlord and the Warlord is so fucking cool looking it kills me that they fuck up with it I and think... it's 500 points that you fuck up with I've also seen people sort of like when something gets into its rear arc they kind of go yeah I'll just keep focusing on that Warhound with the Warlord. There's, there's like two Reavers in your rear arc. <laughs> Do you not want to like shift a bit? I know you can't shift locks, you're fat bastard. Do you want to like, get it into your side arc, maybe? Because yeah. you're straight fucked. But like, no, he's a tanky boy. No, you need to. <laughs> yeah. And they're just like, fuck it, they're behind now. It's like, well, you got to try and stop that before that happens. Because inevitably, whenever I've witnessed a bat rep with that in, the Warlord dies. Yeah. Very swiftly after. And <clears throat> this is something that I've tried to do with my list. And we'll find out what my list is one day. Yeah. One day. Soon. Now, <laughs> TM. TM. Um, is with the carapace weapons of the Warlord. They can only shoot in a straight line ahead of it. Yes. The Warlord itself is very bad at turning. Yep. The Warlord is not very maneuverable. 
He's a slow boy, but it packs a punch. Yes, he's he's got the big guns. He's got if he lands, he can land hard. You know, he he's, he's got the power. He's got the touch. Do you want to call your warlord Landhard? No. <laughs> Go on. He's got a name. He's got a name. Landhard. Now, with the warlord doing that, you need it's like that to skydiver find... took Viagra. Sorry. It's like that skydiver took Viagra. <laughs> Landhard. <laughs> now, wasn't that your skydiving academy? Look, <laughs> <laughs> whether or not I have skydived while under the effects of Viagra is relevant for this podcast. Yeah, it's nothing to do with anything. But if you were interested yeah, in the service, yeah, I know a place. <laughs> Go to landhard.com. Sponsored parachute runs. Now, it's all for a good cause. <laughs> it's all for great causes. Now, the warlord. You need to find some way with your list to trap people in his front arc. Like, he needs to be dealing out all his firepower all the time. Or your front arc. You, he's positioned far enough back for his front arc to cover most. Like positioning for him is key, basically. Position him well. Yeah, and you need to be using the rest of your force around the warlord to manipulate your opponent into facing the warlord. Because if they can yeah. just go round the sides of him, first of all, you lose his firepower. Second of all, he becomes much weaker. And third of all, he will die. Yeah, yeah, and he's... he just will die. And you get no value for your five hundred point unit. And the warlord can be game changing simply yeah. because if you can protect them. And if you can use them correctly, they will do wonders for you. Yeah, that man can dunk. That man can dunk. And it's amazing. And I love the Warlord. I fucking love the model. Uh, it's a gorgeous model. It's it's probably the best it model. It is of, amazing. It is. Like, amazing. This, this is a line of fantastic models. It's probably the best of them. It's high Tentative. Tentative. The best. Tentatively. You know what? I like all of them. Yeah, I, no, I, I love all, like of all of them. Yeah. You know. They're all borderline erotic models. But it may be the most... Most erotic. Most erotic. The, like, maybe one that gets the closest to full-blown eroticism for me. <laughs> the closest to landhard.com. Yeah. The site for all your turgid skydiving activities. Yeah. I'm just saying, it's there. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> but it, it's a beautiful model, and I really... As someone that is bad at rolling dice, I really enjoy innate toughness. Yeah, you get to roll a lot of dice for that fucker. You get to roll a lot of dice for the Void Shields, but I mean, when, when you're shooting him, when his Void Shields are gone, because there are no ward saves and all that sort of business afterwards, yep. you're just rolling to beat his statistics, so his his defense statistic, if you like. He's a chunky boy. And he's a chunky boy, a... and he will shrug off an awful lot of stuff. He will. And it just it makes me so happy when someone shoots their big fuck-off laser and it only does one damage to his body or something, and... I like that. Shooting at a warlord like is demoralizing. Yeah, because you could be getting better value elsewhere. Oh, yeah, it's like you. It's like oh, I rolled like a five. It one damage. Fucking hell. Yeah. No, it's it, it's it's a beautiful thing. Very very tough. I love the plasma reactor. It suits my guys. Legio defensor, as we mentioned last time. Uh, also, sound sound is a pound. Also, just the repair rolls. Going to roll six dice is insane. Four dice. Oh, it's only four dice. <laughs> six dice would be insane. Why you've been shooting them? No, it's only four dice for them. Is yeah. it then three for the Reavers? Yes. Still fucking insane. Yeah, Having to roll for two for Warhounds is just like depressing. Yeah, you got you got to. It feels bad for some reason. Like the four dice feels amazing, two dice feels bad, even though your odds of getting well, results are the same. It's because you're probably looking for four plus. Yeah. You're probably looking or for five at least plus. one. Five plus. Five plus. And is in my nice. mind, I'm thinking two dice, I haven't got the five plus. Whereas yeah, four dice, I should have a five plus and change. Yeah. That's how statistics work. You see? 
<laughs> but um, I've not understood. Any like criticisms you'll level at it, having played with it for a while? Any? Because there's something else I think we should discuss. Is what do we think of the negatives of our shit? Yeah. So the negative, I would say, of the warlord. Um, obviously, it has mobility, but that's that's just the office. Like it needs an Achilles heel, and I'm I'm glad that the game has that. You know, it's not just every titan does everything. They're yeah. just different sizes and different points. I think no, the, they do different roles. I think the big Achilles heel is not so much the movement, but the turning. Yeah, the, the turning is the thing that really fucks it because obviously, if you could spin on a dime, that'd be then amazing. it wouldn't matter. That'd be amazing. Um, I would say my criticism of the warlord is simply that it's very, very expensive, and I'm not sure all of its weapons are great. Like the prime example. Prime example, mm. as we've discussed before, is the plasma blast gun. Sun Fury plasma. No. Oh no, you're on about the plasma blast gun on the, on the Warhound. And I just want to. Compare... You're not going to let that go. Also, by the way, fuck you. We'll okay. get back to that after we finish discussing <laughs> the weapon. But fuck you. Put a pin in that. Yeah, put a, put a pin, pin in, in that. that. Fuck you. Yeah, hold, hold that thought in your mind. Okay, cool. Continue. I'm guessing I've been cheating, but I have no regrets. <laughs> Cheat. This is my message for the episode, everyone. Cheat. Cheat your balls off. That's not what we're about. Cheat your balls off. Watch Tom Cruise in a film. and Maybe play Titanicus. Maybe play Titanicus. Yeah, fuck it. Maybe do that. Okay. But Sun Fury, which is the warlord weapon. The big boy. Four shots. Strength eight. Yep. You can make it um, overcharge. Strength ten. Plus two strength. Now... That's a sexy gun right there. It's a sexy gun. But for cheaper, you get the blast gun. Yes. Which is on the Warhound. Yes. Now, it's two blasts. So two direct hits is four, mm. which is the same. But you right? can't aim. You the can't range aim. is worse. The range is worse. Uh, no, the range is the same, 24 inches. Do you have the same minus one? And you do not have the minus one. You do not have the minus one. However, if you miss with the template... There is a chance that you do damage. If you miss with yes. the Sun Fury, it's just gone. But you have it doesn't shots. exist. You having, have you have you more shots, have but four the same, shots hitting on threes. The same hit potential, which is four. Yeah, yeah. Both of them. Both of them the high four. roll is the same. Yeah, and but you can aim. I, that I'm not. Roll. You know, I don't. I don't want to go too far on this because of all this, you know, balance and all this sort of stuff. Because the Sun Fury does feel great. Um, I've shat my pants on one occasion because of it. Yeah, I, I just wish that the Warlord had access to slightly higher strength weapons. When, what more do you want? Everything. There's the Bellicosa. Everything. It has the Bellicosa, the Bellicosa yeah. which is awesome. Just just bring that bad boy. The thing which basically automatically tears through Warhound's armour, unless you roll a 1. Yeah, watch me roll that 1. Yeah, you roll that watch one me roll that 1. Yeah, but it's just that comparison there. So the Warhound gets a, a weapon which is very, very similar cheaper points and yeah on a different uh, chassis yeah the apocalypse missile launcher like both the the current carapace weapons we have because I'm not going to include the ones which we don't have models for at the minute because there's like the twin gatling blasters the twin vulcan megabolters I'm not going to include them for the minute because I don't think they're great but anyway the paired laser blasters yep and the apocalypse missile launchers as the carapace weapons are fucking amazing Yes, they are. They're horrifying. They're expensive. However, no, sorry. The Apocalypse Missile Launchers are dirt cheap, and I think that is the correct option, because it's ten shots of strength four, which just means you can challenge the shit out of people's void shields. 
Yeah. Which is the one like big weakness of the other Warhound variant, Warlord, Warlord variant. We have the six turbo la uh, laser blasters on top and the two Sun Furies. It's just void shields will really fuck your day there because if you don't, Actually, do they? they you, have, you still have a lot of shots right there. You, you do you have, have a lot like of shots. Fourteen shots. You have a lot of shots, but on average, you get three hits mm. from the laser blasters on top. Yeah, and then let's say it's a three plus. That's one void shield gone, and it's going to take you at least one sun fury to get yeah. through the rest of the void shields. However, if one little shield remains, you then have to shoot the other sun fury at it. Yeah, which is just awful. Just awful for the Warlord, because it's a lot of points to just be shooting at Void Shields. Whereas the Apocalypse Missile Launcher is fucking gravy. Like, it, it's cheap as anything. Cheap as anything, 10 shots of strength, 4. And really just challenges those Void Shields. Especially against things like Warhounds, where they don't have that many to begin with. Yeah, Warhounds, Warhounds are lacking in that department. Yeah, so there's, there's a decent likelihood that you could just strip the shields clean off a Warhound with the Apocalypse Missile Launcher and then just do damage to it. So if you took that and Bellicosa, that's maybe a Warhound just dead. One maybe, shot, yeah. one round. I don't know if it's a probably strip the shields off. I think, you know what my complaint about the Warlord would be? is just that you have to have bigger point games to get better value. Yeah, I don't think he'll, he'll suit like a 500 point game. Yeah, like I, I think in a 1,000 point game, <coughs> which is the majority of our games, we played a few bigger ones, but 1,000 points, he feels just about viable. I'd say he is. Yeah, I mean, you can make it work, but he also is a huge chunk of your points. Whereas if you had like 1,500 points and you could take a Warlord, yeah, that's better. You're a lot more breathing room in your list. Yeah. So it just, you know, a lot of early game players will buy like the uh, the Manipal, the Titan Manipal box. Yes. So you just have that Warlord. A lot of people will be playing with that. Not sure that's the best decision low points. I don't know. But that's just my kind of take on the Warlord. Like, better with bigger games. Mm. Uh, the Reaver, then, if we're moving this way. Reaver's, I'd say, the one we have the least experience with. <coughs> oh, would you stop? <laughs> sorry. Would you stop? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We, we're both... I guess this means I get to burp, then. <laughs> We're both terribly annoying people. Yeah. <laughs> we shouldn't make people listen to us. No. Um, this is a gunpoint. <laughs> yeah, usually we don't, but... There's, don't, don't there's, turn. there's our neighbour, Jeff. We break into his house and just play this at full volume. <laughs> no, no. Each Please in, don't believe him. Each individual listener, if you don't actually look, but outside your window right now is a sniper. <laughs> don't look. He'll know. He'll know. We'll know. He'll fire. <laughs> <laughs> now that we've threatened our listeners. <laughs> now that we've threatened our listeners. Yeah. Reaver. Yeah, that's a... You know, oh, man. The Reaver is amazing because it's so middle ground, it annoys me. Milk toast. It is Very like milk toast. pure milk toast at this moment in time. So I've played with two variants of the Reaver. Yeah. One which is all about stripping them shields. And one which is about some stripping but mostly heavy hitting. I don't think it has any stripping. I think it's all heavy hitting, that one. Yeah, it's got a laser blaster on Yeah, laser blaster. That's, that's the strongest carapace weapon you can put on there. Yeah. With a fusion <coughs> blaster, which is the, the highest strength weapon you can put on there, and a power fist. No, there's a chain fist, isn't it? I don't actually remember. No, it's Gatling gun. Gatling gun on there. Oh, you've got Gatling gun. Okay, yes. there's, I, some, I there's some strip. Bag. There's some oh, strip, I take yeah. it back. And I don't know why, but the Reaver feels extremely flimsy. In each game I've played with the Reaver... It has died to two rounds of attack. 
And when I say two rounds of attack, I mean two attacks of a titan. See, I'm looking forward to my Reavers, because they'll be like a huge leap up in survivability. Yeah, because you only have Warhounds. Yeah. Whereas I have the Warlord. I'm enjoying being a big tough guy. Sturdy boy. But the Reaver feels like such a step down from the, the Warlord in terms of durability, and I don't know why. I don't know if it's we've just played such a small number of games with it that... You know, it's we, been like outliers where it's died quickly. To be fair, there was that one game where I was about to say like it did really well. That was against one Warhound, and it was a close-run thing, which ended in a draw. Yeah. Between and the, it and, and the Warhound. Yeah, and the Warhound took it out. Yeah. And it's worth quite a bit more points than the Warhound. So I'd say it was a net loss, <laughs> which is fair. Maybe, yeah. Um, but Maybe. Then it, it, it does have the potential to just dunk Warhounds. Yes, yes it does. And before we go too far into Reaver versus Warhound, I'd actually like to talk about Reaver versus Warlord. I th- oh, there's an interesting discussion, and I think the Reaver edges it out slightly. I think, but I'm not even sure. See, that's the interesting thing, because the Reaver has mobility. It has youth. It has skill. No, 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 let's, let's take a step back there. What the fuck are you on about? Everyone knows that the older a Titan gets, <laughs> the, the more bigger it grows. Becomes. They're just like orcs. Yeah. Inside every Reaver is a warlord waiting to get out. Okay. Now, yeah, they have the mobility, but the warlord has durability and slightly more firepower. Yep. So if the warlord can just keep that Reaver locked down, he will win. However, if the Reaver can use, you know, intervening terrain, other titans, and all that sort of stuff, and really exploit his maneuverability, yeah, the Reaver's got it. However, the interesting thing that I wanted to discuss is close combat weapons on both of them. Yeah. Now, we have not got a lot of experience with that. Going to be We've honest. Not. Like, um, because your Reaver doesn't have close combat weapon. Yeah, and I only play once with one. Yeah. With a clutch combo. Your warlord does have a power fist, but it's against warhounds, so it's like never going to catch them. Yeah, but if so it does, they're, they're gone. They're, they're just... Yeah. So I, I play with the Ariok. 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 You put your name in the Goblet of Fire. <laughs> no, that's an Irish Dumbledore. He's not, <laughs> he's not Irish in that. He does a really, like, West Wait, Country Yeah, accent. he does. He slips into it. Give me your name in the Goblet of Fire. It's not quite West Country, it's just like, it's kind of gibberish. gibberish. It's angry it's gibberish. gibberish. Everyone, go watch Harry, Harry Potter, Potter and the Goblet of Fire. <laughs> to understand this moment. Yeah. That's essential reading. We'll put that in the description. Essential reading for I, today. I briefly misheard essential as <laughs> sensual. I was like, what? <laughs> sensual. Yeah, I was like, first of all, we're discussing it's the film. film. Yeah. <laughs> sensual reading. Yeah. You, said it, you said essential reading. So the reading part is your problem, mate. You're the one who... That's true. You're the one who introduced that. That's true. That... that, that that fuck fucking top Oh, shit. Oh, 
Oh, my face is covered with water. My eyes are watering. <laughs> it's called crying. <laughs> That's what the humans do. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so that fucked Tito aside. I've completely lost my train of thought now. You've really just <laughs> fucked that for everyone. Yeah. Oh dear. Also, that's what I will be calling my warp missiles if I get any. A fuck pedo. Yeah, that was slip in the shields. Oh dear. Oh fuck. I remember where we were. I remember where we were. Oh shit, something's in place gone past, hadn't I? Yes. Ariaka. Ariaka. Uh those of you who haven't Yes, he's never involved in the pedo fire. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck pedo fire. This is why we shouldn't be screenwriters. Or should. Yeah, should. I don't know. Yeah, no, we definitely shouldn't. I <laughs> mean, I don't know. The mummy got made. Like the bad <laughs> screenwriters. We could do yeah, that. Yeah, but Tom Cruise, we put in a decent performance. <laughs> now, look. Oh, shit. These people came for. I think it's my laughter for this week. 100% analysis. And we've delivered none of that. We've, let's we've let's talk close combat. Yeah. Let's talk close yeah. combat. Now, I think the interesting thing <laughs> of the warlord with the claw <coughs> is an interesting trading scenario where a reaver with a close combat weapon will take out a warlord if he gets the charge, yep. and a warlord will destroy the reaver if he potentially doesn't get the charge, Basically, it, and also if he gets the charge, he's definitely getting it. Yeah. Because all you have to do is either target the close combat weapon with one attack and just rip that shit off. Uh, uh, like, you can't target the individual weapon though, can you? Oh yeah, that's true. You have to target the weapon system. And yeah, it, that's yeah. true. Okay, you can't target the individual weapon. But you can just like crush the head with the claw. Yeah. Because it's high strength. Very it's, high strength. See, it, it, it's the kind of situation whereby I would never want to attack a warlord in close combat with just one reaver. If it had the power fist. That's and interesting. I would risk it for a biscuit. I absolutely would not in any way, shape, or form. Wow. Okay, but don't forget, if the Reaver, if you boost his movement speed yep. and charge, yep. you're getting a bonus three attacks. And each attack generates three attacks because with the power fist... Oh, sorry, the no, chain, no, no, chain no, 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 no. It's not each attack generates three attacks. Oh, it's, this it's, shit. Yeah, it's yeah, just plus. It's, it's just plus. They, they very specifically word it. And this is the other thing I love about this fucking game compared to 40k. Yeah. is that they are really careful with how they word rules like this to make sure that the attack's dice value goes up by one, not the number of attacks goes up, which could then be interpreted as... Yeah, another attack. What you were just saying. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. the Chain Fist gives you three attacks, and what I was just saying is that it's a multiplicative... <laughs> which, is, which it's not. Basically, getting, oh, a three extra getting three extra attacks while boosted charge does not mean you get nine attacks of the Chain Fist. They yeah. very carefully worded it to mean you just get six Which is total. It's great, because that leads to a whole load of escalation and a load of just bullshit. Which, I'm just going to throw it out there, happens a lot with 8th, where they just... Somebody loves their codex and they just throw it up, yeah, it, it, it doubles your shots. It's like, are you thinking? Are you thinking? Look, I, I, I'm just saying, <laughs> an extra, is an extra shot at rapid fire range is perfectly fair. Yeah, it's bollocks. Now... <laughs> Absolutely somebody doesn't play Tau. Somebody doesn't play. Somebody definitely doesn't play Tau. <laughs> somebody will never play Tau. Somebody appreciates Tau from a distance, but then hates them on the table. Hmm. That would be that, me. That's fair enough. That would be me. Um, I, I can respect that standpoint. You have to. No, I don't. You have to. So, yeah, interesting thing in Reaver versus Warlord. Um, I really like the idea of taking the claw on the Warlord. 
just to keep those pesky reavers away. Oh, it does, because if, if you don't have that, and because you're planning on having more than one warlord, aren't you? Mm-hmm. If you're having a gunline type situation and you don't have a warlord with a power fist, I'm going to walk reavers right in there and punch you in the tits. Yeah. And there's going to be no recompense, really. Yeah. Especially if I get you in side arcs or so on. And if you're, if you're trading a reaver for a warlord, you're just winning. You're yeah. just winning. Yeah, it's all kinds of fine. So if you equipped a reaver with just two close combat weapons, so let's say two chain fists... I have thought about And that. then just ran it at a warlord. If it dies, it's going to be a shame. But it's... You can't ignore it. You, you, can't, you, yeah, you have to 100% it. shoot it. It is a distraction card effect that also it's packs also a, a lethal punch. It's also the kind of thing you could boost each turn. Yeah. Like, you would boost every... See, I... I because the double um, close combat weapon reaver is something which I read about before getting into the game as obviously not the best idea, I don't think, but mm. as something which isn't as bad as you think it is. But having not played the game, having looking back on that idea, it's fierce. I'd run it in a couple of games just for fun. Definitely. It is fierce. Yeah, just I, I would love it from, especially because you play traitors. Yes. I love the idea of a traitor reaver just going. Going ham. Like just going for it, like going crazy for that kill, which is awesome. <coughs> but. Yeah, but that's that's just the brilliant thing of the Power Fist because people talk about uh, a lot of board games where where you have like a big imposing model that maybe doesn't have good rules, mm. but because it's big, everyone goes, "Oh, I'm going to shoot that." This game says, "Okay, he has a claw. It's imposing, but it does actually create space in the game." Going back to the warlord, what you mean? The warlord, yeah, yeah, the warlord claw because it keeps those reavers away. Yeah. Now, I definitely think people are going to risk it for a biscuit with Reavers in close combat with Warlords. I would think they're wrong, but okay. I I think they might get spanked by a big claw. Oh, yeah. Basically, it's, do you want to run that risk? I wouldn't, personally. Yeah. But it's certainly a risk you can take. However... And in some games, it may be worth doing anyway, even from my perspective. Like, if I'm on the losing end of things and I need to take that risk, then yeah, yeah, it's something I can do. But it is just a really awesome... And that, that's another thing that comes across in Titanicus. And I don't really... You know, it just gives me this interpretation. And maybe you're going to laugh at me. I'm, I'm getting ready to. But to be fair, I don't think I can laugh anymore. I think... You died. Yeah, I think... I think <laughs> I think, <laughs> I, think I, I think I laughed myself out. Is that the game feels a lot like the Animal Kingdom. I... <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to retract my statement about not being able to laugh again. <laughs> would you like to explain? I would. I would. Because it feels like we're in the jungle. I... <laughs> <laughs> the jungles of Borneo. Yeah, we see the spotted dick. <laughs> I, 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 a, I knew you were going for spotted dick. I don't know, birds. I don't know, birds. I don't know. Red-chested tit. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> We're in the jungles of Borneo. With red-chested and tits and with spotted dicks. red-chested dicks. tits and spotted dicks. That's also a band <laughs> that we're fronting. As I say, that was, that was basically like a Paradise City. Yeah, it was. It was. We're riffing yeah. on Guns N' Roses now. Now, a much <laughs> worse version. It feels like the Animal Kingdom because everything is dangerous... Everything is dangerous. Everything poses a threat to everything else. Yeah, yeah. And there is certainly big, powerful creatures. So the warlord is like a lion. 
or Continue. a hippo. <laughs> Hippos can charge. Yeah, the most dangerous animal on the planet, hippo. That's mosquitoes. I think hippos beat them. Um, hippos uh, give you malaria and death. When you're sleeping, you're bitten by a hippo in your sleep. <laughs> you give malaria. They fly away oh, again. <laughs> Very delicately, because they will fuck you with their jaws. <laughs> Anti-hippo nets. <laughs> As they try and fly in the window. <laughs> yes. Yeah, anyone Can you imagine the like, sound hippo's wings would make? Like, would like, hippo's wings would be like just deafening roars of like. I'm thinking of the same <laughs> speed, but they're fucking huge wings, like built out of steel and dreams. Like, I think it'd be like a deadly come. chainsaw dirge from hell. Yeah, and it, with a hippo attached. Yeah. Next world war. That's what we're doing. Mechanized hippos with malaria. I mean. Yes. It just makes so much no sense. sense. But we're in the animal kingdom. Because everything is a danger to everything else. Yep. Well done to the balancing people in this game by yep. not having wasted units. There are degrees of toughness. And I kind of like the idea. Now, maybe I'm going crazy. The last but... time I said this, I laughed at you. <laughs> <laughs> but the warlord is like a lion, right? Let me have my sip first. Because if you, if you make me laugh while I'm having this, it's going to go all crazy okay. wrong. We'll wait. We'll wait. Alan is currently drinking. Yes. Yes, I was. Continue. <laughs> and the Reavers. Oh, wait, sorry. Fuck you. Let's go back to that real quick. Wait, wait. Well, let's, let's finish this. Let's finish this. Let's finish the Animal Kingdom. All right, There's well, still a pin in fuck you. Yeah, I'll have to... I'll have to now, the Reavers are like hyenas. That's quite a jump down immediately. That's quite a jump down immediately. Mm. It's still savage. It's still dangerous. Oh, yeah, no. I, I still would not want to go up against a hyena. Yeah. <laughs> they pose a threat to you, especially if you're called Mufasa or Scar. Mostly Scar. Mostly Scar. Mostly Scar. Yeah. That's a little bit of a Lion King. Disney uh, for sponsoring this episode. (laughs) Cultural reference. Now, yeah. And then the Warhound is like a jackal. Now, all of them can kill each other. (laughs) 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 And in my new zoo experience, they will. (laughs) It's called Henry's Thunder. Battle Royale. Battle Royale. Yeah. And there's this wonderful sort of predatory feeling from all of them, and it's it's like it's like the jungles of Borneo combined with chess to me, in that there are moves you can make, and you will be watched, <laughs> like the jungles of Borneo. I, and to be fair, I think it's briefly having played quite a lot of chess when I was younger. I think that's what makes me appreciate the movement phase an awful lot in these games. Yeah, it does feel like chess. It yeah. does feel, and you you're having to think ahead. Okay, where is this going to be? Where am I going to be? Where can they go? Again, like chess, where you've got to be thinking moves ahead. Hmm. Which is cool and it's fucking awesome, and then you also have giant lasers and giant robots attached. Which makes it better. Which makes it appeal to me. Yeah. Because I like chess, I like it conceptually. I suck ass. I suck ass. At That's chess. irrelevant to the session. <laughs> I had to clarify for a second. Yeah. <laughs> I had to go back in. If you didn't, my joke would have been perfect, but you fucked. I went back in. Yeah. I went back in. Never leave it on a suck ass comment. <laughs> Reavers. Uh, maybe a little bit more, but fuck you. Let's go back to yeah, that. Let's go back to the fuck you. Last now, week. We're going live now last da, 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 to Alan with the fuck you, <laughs> fuck you <laughs> news report. Yeah, last week we had a brief discussion where we were discussing balance in the game and we said it's pretty much fine. You said, no, no, there's, there's one glaring point, which I'd forgotten about. I agreed with you on. I agreed about this glaring issue okay. of balance in the game. Okay. But I forgot about it at that time and you reminded me. You okay. reminded me of the Mori Quake Cannon. It, everything about it seems broken as fuck. Okay, the Mori Quake Cannon. Henry, the, then the, pre- Henry then proceeded to buy two of them. The Mori Quake fuck Cannon. Fuck you. The Mori Quake Cannon is the pay-to-win element of Titanicus. 
It is a weapon made by Forgeworld. Now, fuck, this launches another segue, guys. We will get to the Warhound. Are we done with the Reaver? I think we're done with the Reaver. I think it's a nice middle ground. Yeah, we haven't got, we haven't got, enough, we haven't got enough experience, experience with it to really discuss it in depth. I think, uh, just to finish on the Reaver, I think it's That's a, disgusting. a fun point where it challenges both Warhounds and Warlords because it's the middle point. Yeah. And when it has the melee weapon, suddenly it can fuck up Warhounds. It has the mobility to challenge Warhounds in the board space. Yep. Uh, which excites me. Also irrelevant. Also questioning. <laughs> <laughs> Questionable. Questionable judgment. Um, I love that fact. I think Reaver with close combat weapon is a good option. I think it is good. Yeah. Better than the Warlord with close combat weapon because yes unless there's reavers with close combat weapons the close combat weapon is yeah it's iffy because a warlord getting to another warlord or a warlord getting to a warhound both of those are iffy because of movement yeah you know because the, the other warlord can just sit at the back of the board and shoot you while the rest of his forces outflank you as you try and approach him like it's not a good idea to go thump another warlord if there's other things on the board but if you can get there if you can thump, get there yeah you'll get him good. you'll get him um Whereas the Reaver with close combat weapon, it's just, it's a nice, you know, they're kind of like thugs. They're kind of like the thugs of the board. You know, they're bullies. They'll shy away from a big oh, boy. We're shifting to like Chicago in the 1920s right now. Wow. Is that where we've yeah. gone here? Is, is, is that where we've gone here? Is, is, I don't this, know where we're going with this. But yeah, that's them. They're bullies. Right. Yeah. Forge World. Forge World, Mori Quake Cannon. I like the Mori Quake Cannon. I also like the... Because it's bullshit. The Macro Gatling Blaster. Mori Quake Cannon is bullshit. Um... I'm it's, not sure how much I'm going to use it. It's shocking amounts of bullshit right now. It's shocking amounts of bullshit. But when we get to doing battle reports, I would like to do some competitive episodes where we play hard to win. Yeah. You know, just to just to yeah, no, just, just to see what system. we can do with it. You know, if it if we both go for that same level, um, which again you get a lot of mismatching where somebody's trying to game the game and someone else is just trying to play to have fun. Then yeah, it, that's it, when it's a shit show. But when but if you're both trying to game it, yeah. And different angles of gaming it, which I think could be fun. Yeah. Fun to explore. Um, so Mori Quake Cannon is pay to win because you have to get it from Forge World. Ten Warhounds it is. Ten Warhounds it is. Um, right, segue on the Mori Quake Cannon. So tomorrow, Alan and I are playing a Titanicus Palooza, where we have the game set aside. We're going to meet up. We're going to have, like... Got a friend involved. Going to get, like, a day of playing Titanicus. Day of playing Titanicus. It's going to be awesome. Alan hasn't played our friend yet. I've not. Uh, I've played both of them. Yeah. I've won and lost against both of them. So it's going to be interesting to see Alan versus friend. Now, I bought the Mori Quake Gun. I bought the Micro Gatling Blaster. I bought two of each. Yes. Because I'm not at all paying to win. (laughs) No. (laughs) But I could be. But I could be. I have the option. I paid for next day delivery. Good times. I'm thinking it's going to arrive Friday. I'm going to have the items in my hands so I can at the very least get them built, magnetised and put them on a warlord. Yeah. Just to play with them on the day, see how it feels. Instead. Instead you'll still have friends at the end of the day. Instead I'll still have friends at the end of the day. <laughs> um, instead, the fucking postal services, not going to mention it, don't get sued, but a certain company, <laughs> oh, they, okay, yeah. they emailed me in the middle of the day when I'm at work, <laughs> where I don't have personal emails, they emailed me in the middle of the day to say that they weren't going to deliver to my delivery address. They're going to deliver to my like backup delivery address, which is my home address. So I would have had it come to work, and I could have it at work, and you know whatever. Paid for next day delivery. Turns out that next day delivery also means that you've got to sign for it. Now, 
as I'm at work, I cannot then sign for it at my house. <laughs> so they deliver it to my house and then say, there's no one here to del- uh, collect it. We're going to deliver it to you on Monday. Now the fucking piss take here is that why would I pay for next day delivery if I actually meant, no, 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 chaps, wait till next week. We can wait for that. So instead of that, I've got the fucking rigmarole where I've now got to either go to the depot, um, which I cannot do because they won't know where it is until the van gets back at 9pm. <laughs> And then they shut. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got to find out tomorrow if they have it at the depot. Because I tried ringing them and they just went, yeah, we don't know where it is. It's somewhere on the vans. So <laughs> I'm getting a feeling as to which delivery company this is. Okay. Yeah. I'm just it's, getting a it's, feeling. It's a good company in this in this area. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm, yeah. So it's an absolute fucking piss take. So <laughs> what I should have done is not paid for next working day. I should have just got standard delivery and then I wouldn't have had to fucking sign for it and then it might have turned up at work or it might have turned up next week. Either way, I've wasted two fucking pounds or 180 million US dollars. <laughs> That's a lie. That's, That's a, a lie. lie. It's not quite that much, but it's yeah. probably three dollars. <laughs> okay. So rant aside, rant aside, I'm using 412 pay to win but only in games where we're both going to be playing competitively. Yes. Only in those games. I'm not going to... I may feel that just for fun a couple of other times when <laughs> I want to win, no, to be, when I need a boost. To, to be fair, like, I could see it being fun to wheel out now and again. Also, yeah. to be fair, I'm thinking of, like, my idea for the current list, I'm not sure I'd make it more competitive other than I know that um, Doom of Moloch, which we don't have, but we're getting soon. Yeah. I know in there they give you the option to buy upgrades from different factions at an increased cost. That's nice. Okay. And if we were going to go full competitive, I think that would mean rather than having the 2,000 points limit, the points limit goes up to like 2,250. Okay. I think that's like, if we go by those bands. Okay. And even then, you don't have to use all those points. You may want to like try and not use them to get extra session points, because this is an interesting game where you could opt not to have maximum points value, because they're cool like that. Um, and I can do stuff like give all my Warhounds minus one to hit at long range. Yeah. Which would be... Which is sexy. It's sexy. It's bullshit, but it's sexy. It's bullshit, but sexy. Um, as is. Speaking of Warhounds, I'm guessing that's what we're stepping to next? Is that what we're, is that what we're shuffling into? I would just like to finish on a final note with the Moriquay Cannon. Okay. Moriquay Cannon and all the weapons that you can give, all your different Titans. I mean, god damn do I love this game. It is so fantastic because changing the loadouts on your Titans completely changes the, the purpose, the utility, the positioning of that Titan. If we go back to the Warlord we've been discussing for the past however yeah. long, when it comes to that fist, whether, whether or not you have that fist changes massively how you play that Warlord. Yeah, and just having that modularity, just being able to change those weapons, swap them out, guys, definitely magnetize, please fucking magnetize all your Titans because this game rewards you for doing it. Yeah. Having that modularity is amazing. So it allows me to kind of... Okay, so I, let's say I play Alan ten times and we get a good feel of this. Okay, I could now sub in the Mori Quake Cannon because I've lost most of these games, and I maybe changed the carapace weapon as well, and suddenly it changes how my warlord is performing, and then maybe it changes how the rest of your force works as well. It changes how, yeah, exactly. Um, The changes matter a bit less on warhounds in that it only tends to matter for them how they play. But when it comes to like a warlord, which you are playing around just by the nature of its size and cost, changing up the warlord loadout changes how you play your entire force really. And it's just fantastic, and all the different titans can perform different roles. Yeah. Just by changing the weapons, which is so fucking awesome. So it means you can either have close combat Reaver, close combat Warlord, 
you know, you change around. Who's going to be long range? Who's going to be dealing damage? Who's going to be stripping the shields? You know, is it the Reaver? Is it the Warlord? Is it two Warlords? What are they doing? What are their roles? Where are the positions? How are you going to stop people uh, getting into both rear arcs? How are you going to overlap fire fields? You also take into account the, um, okay, there's six possible objectives that I may get, and there's also six possible objectives the opponent may get. Which ones am I good at dealing with? Which ones am I worse at dealing with? How do I shore that up? Yeah, and what can I do to my opponent's game to deny him points? It's a fucking great game. It's oh, it's wonderful. so amazing. I know it's taken us a long time to get there, but it's a fucking great game. Now, let's spoil it by talking about Warhounds. Let's <laughs> let's ruin the experience of Titanicus. I like Warhounds. Alan likes Warhounds. For any of you that are new to the podcast, Hello. welcome. Yeah. Hi. It's <laughs> so, a strange time to greet you, but also, if you put up with this much, yeah. we're sorry. Thanks for listening. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for getting this far. Like it's been a lot of shit to get here. It's cooled down, by the way. That's why we're more rational. Yeah, we get it's actually it's, cool. It's getting close to like human temperatures again, so we're yeah. starting to be able to talk like human it, beings. Yeah, more rational. No, torpedoes. Like fuck pedos. Fuck pedos. Fuck pedos. There they are. Warhounds. Now, Alan normally wins between us. Yes. Uh, Alan is the more competitively minded, in that he can see something and discern more easily than I can whether something's good or bad. Like sometimes I make bad decisions just for fun. Yep. Also um, now and again, what was it? A bit like the alt codex. <laughs> Where you like found me like Alan. I think I've worked it out. I know the combo. Oh yeah. I found out the single greatest combo in this codex. It was garbage. <laughs> it was garbage. Like, I don't know what I was thinking <laughs> when I presented this idea to Alan. But yeah, if I want something strength, stress tested, Alan is the stress tester of competitive ideas. Normally. Potato ideas from me. <laughs> no, like, normally, I just do crazy no, stuff. No, I'm like, fuck it, let's have idea, all buggies. Normally the ideas are fine. Or you look at them and go, it's not the most competitive, but it's certainly fun. And then there was the, there was just the best. What was it? It was killer cans with rocket launchers. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a mistake. That was a mistake. So, just he was so proud of this. Was I so went like, so far down the rabbit hole of like thinking, like thinking what I could do, but <laughs> not whether it was the right idea. And he sort of told me, I initially, I'm not sure if I laughed initially, if I, because your conviction was so absolute. I was like, let's let's just do the maths on it just for one second. And it was not it, good. It was it was a, it was a it was, smack back to reality. Yeah. Gravity when, mom's spaghetti. To be fair, Titanicus doesn't have those moments where you go like, hey look, here's my build, and you just go, okay, that's a dominant. Unless you have like all close combat reviews. Actually, even then, that's even a then, bad build, but I don't think it's as bad as it sounds, because some of them are going to get there. They'll fuck up your day. Is it a bad build, though? See, if you went for like double Corsair Manipal, so they have like all the Cybers movement, and you have six Reavers... That's not even all your points. You can probably get like a seventh Reaver trotting around, but you can probably get like eight Reavers... Two of them won't be in a maniple, but yeah. at the same time... Fucking sweet. Yeah. Unless the Corsair maniple can have more than three Reavers. If Corsair or, or, Manip- you, or you just make it a three and a five. I say, yeah, if the Corsair maniple can have more than three Reavers, which I mean, it should be able to, because all maniples can go up to five. Yep. Oh no, it may have Warhounds as the last thing. Either yep. way, I'm not sure. Yep. That's a lot of close combat. It's a lot of close combat. It's dangerous. And you can moderate a lot of your Titanicus gameplay with, you know, maybe you've got a bad weapon... So to speak, but you can just change your playstyle. But that you know, and that's what I'm having a lot of fun with is just changing our lists, or changing my list specifically. Yeah. Just by changing weapons and theorizing. Okay, what is the roles? What are the purposes? Warhounds. You have five warhounds. You're currently running the Lupercal Maniple. I would like to just. 
I would like to talk about that a little bit later. Let's let's discuss the Warhound. Let's let's get a feel of who the Warhound is. I maybe it's just fanboyism because I like the Warhound, but I think the Warhound is the spookiest boy. Yeah, what do you mean by spooky? <laughs> Define in that they're spooky boys. I don't know. The temperature's gone back up. Uh, basically, specifically in the Lupercal. Okay, no, no, stop there. Okay, we not stop there. Okay, I, we... Don't, I don't want to go into the Lupercal yet. Okay, let's okay, just let's... talk about the Warhound. Okay, so what the is Warhound. the purpose of the Warhound? The Warhound is really fucking versatile. Yeah, and it pays for that by being weedy as fuck. Yes. Like, it's very easy to strip the void shields off. It's reactor, as we said. If you roll one single result, which is the two reactor things, you're you probably going to blow your void shields off. You fucked your war- warhound. Yeah, pretty much. You've just given away free money. Yeah, and because it, it's so weak as well, once the void shield's gone, it's going to get popped. Um, but it's quick. <laughs> it has a lot of weapon options. And it's cheap. It's cheap. It can also uh, squadron, yep. which is cool. Um, so you can basically put them into like groups of two or three, and they count as one activation. You activate them all at once, so you do all the movement and shooting. You can also um, merge void shield to then base contact, yep. which is a really useful way of bolstering their survivability of those void shields. But you have to stay in base contact, which cuts down the maneuverability, so you are paying a price for it. But it's it, it's those are like the two unique factors of warhounds. Also, the fact that when they're in a squadron, you can choose as many members of that squadron as you like to receive an order. To receive an order. So what you can do, as Alan has done in the past, is you put a princeps in the squadron who gets plus two to his orders. So rather than being a five plus, they're bad at taking orders. They're five yeah, plus to pass. They're bad. Like it's fifty fifty, and if you fail one, it just ends all your orders. Yeah. This was actually this will be a nice segue because this will segue probably into Lupica. I don't know how long you want to discuss the. There's more Warhound after there's this. There's more Warhound. There's more Warhound. Okay, but either way, basically in actually no, we'll we'll, we'll ah, fuck it. yeah in this game. Why well, I just point all in one corner? I was trying to get a cargo from one side to the other, so I had the vital all, cargo. Vital cargo, if you will, had them all in one big formation, and I got to roll d six. I'm oh, sorry, D10, try and pass an order to give it 3 plus to give all of them the um, full stride order. Which would have been really good, but I failed it. Yeah, on a 2. And I also yeah. called it. You also called it. I said roll that too. Now, <laughs> maybe I just have the power of speech over dice. I don't know. Maybe I should tell myself to roll 6s more. Maybe. I'd now, be sad if that was true. With Warhounds, they also have fantastic maneuverability, which means they can spin on a dime. Yes, they can. And something I love about the Warhound is you can completely bait a Warlord. Yes. Because depending on where you are, as a warhound, you will always be able to get away from the carapace weapon. Pretty much, yeah. If, like you know, the warlord can ne- if he goes first, if he goes before your warhound, that's it. His carapace weapon is wasted if he can only see this warhound because the warhound can just dance out. He'll scamper away. He can just dance out of it, which is really punishing if you're the warlord player, as I've experienced. But I also really like the idea of just baiting that activation it's also with like a warhound. Also, lets you have to do things for you, like try and skewer warhounds. Yeah, with the, like try to get as many as you can with the carapace thing, or you go like, look, where you want to go is where the carapace currently is. That kind of thing. Yeah, like, it it makes you have to play interestingly. It's fun. It's good. And that, that's a nice counter uh, play against warlords. Is just you, you're never really going to get the carapace weapon there, which then makes it very interesting for in my specific position where I have a claw and a plasma. Sun Fury, 
I'm then really quite bad versus Warhounds because my Carapace weapons at 50 points, if they're not shooting anything, if I'm not getting any value from them, I'm really lacking in firepower with the Warhounds. Yeah. yeah, but when they... There's been a couple of times you got to fire with them at Warhounds and it's yeah, and they, they terrifying. Do a very nice job of completely crapping them up. Yes. So squadrons with Warhounds are just something that's fantastic. But there is a downside to squadroning. Because uh, more than well in squadron, you get plus one to your damage rolls, which is great if you shoot two yeah, or more at the same target. Concentrated fire. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a lovely damage. bonus. Um, the downside is is that you are losing out in activations, and it does limit options in a way. In that, um, if you have two squadrons, you get whittled down to one. You have one activation. That's it. Yeah, and activations are fantastic in this game because just like Star Wars Armada, thank you Star Wars Armada for sponsoring this. <laughs> The more activations you have, the more flexibility you have, and also the more you can just outplay your component, your component, your, <laughs> your opponent, opponent with mind games. Yeah, which is something that's absolutely fantastic with Adeptus Titanicus. Like the amount of times that I faced a really tough decision with my warlord, where it's either do I potentially expose my flank in order to try and get this cheeky kill, or do I try and protect my flank, but then I'm offering no firepower to anything. And then I'm just going to face a slightly slower death. Because there's two Warhounds that have yet to move, and it's, well... <laughs> yeah, you've got to make a decision. You've got to commit yeah. to something. Um, and it's fantastic. I'm also enjoying the amount of times I misplay in Titanicus. That is something I've been enjoying as well. It's helped me a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, <laughs> no, it's, it's... it is something that's really fun, because the game is so complex that you realise, oh my goodness, if I had done this two turns earlier, or if I had just made this order instead... Um, it, it signals a lovely element of depth yeah, which like, makes for, it incredibly rewarding for example one thing that I did which was stupid and it was in this game where Alan blew up my reaver with his dying warhound which is fantastic amazing stuff uh, I panicked I panicked with the reaver and I had first fire and charge on the warlord and the warlord was in charge range of the warhound with the objective now yeah. the Ready to explode Warhound, who was on red on his reactor, was standing in front of my Reaver. And not directly in front, you know, he was maybe seven inches away. So if the Warhound goes, he's just going to get right next to my Reaver and make sure I get hit by the explosion. The Reaver has void shields, however, if you're standing within my void shields, it's fuck time. <laughs> just what it is. So I panicked. I went, oh shit, I better do my first fire. Do the first fire completely forgetting that the Warlord had charge. Also Alan then just goes, yeah. thank you, I will move away and not yeah. be charged. Now, I did win that game. You did? Fine, fine action from me. <laughs> Great. The Sherlock Holmes of Titanic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but if with, without that misplay, you'd have won by a larger margin rather than it being... Yeah, and if we were playing a campaign, that's all yeah. important. Yeah. And, you know, it just fantastic, fantastic stuff. So the Warhound is such a cheeky one for mind games for fucking with your opponent, and just being dangerous. So, another game I played against a friend now, not against Alan. Uh, I just had a moment where I had two Warhounds perpendicular to my Warlord. That's on horrible. either side. That's horrific. And even though they, they sort of, they sting, and then eventually they will... Fuck up your day. Eventually they'll fuck up your day if they're allowed to get into a vulnerable position. Having one either side of you... It was just, it was checkmate. It, it forces it's the issue just so checkmate. Um, it's, it's, 
just fantastic. That is really like warhounds have like just enough teeth as well. That's the thing. Mm. They have because they are cheaper, so you do get more firepower in your list overall, which makes up for the lack of durability. They have just enough teeth to make them threatening. So it's not like oh, I'll just ignore. Like they're going to do damage if I don't get them. And what's fantastic is that I would compare them to war dogs back in the days of like medieval combat, mm. which is they are. Actually, quite, of war, you mean? Yeah, perfect. But they are actually quite brutish. They pack quite a mean punch. They can be lethal. Yeah. But if they just charge a man, you know, who's got armor on and a sword, the man with the, the sword is probably going to get the dog. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, you know, ninety percent of the time, I would say. I'm no expert, you know. I'm making it a rough, a rough <laughs> approximation. I've not done enough science. <laughs> However, if you have two of these dogs. And you're in the middle of both of these dogs. And these are Rottweilers. These are big, muscular dogs. You're probably fucked. Because one of them is going to get your leg. The other one's going to get your throat. You're yeah. fucked. That's what Warhounds are like. And that just... There's a perfect, perfect fucking representation of them in the lore. It is. And I love that. After playing Death Guard. After playing Death Guard, where Mortarian is a demon Promark who's meant to be tougher than the sun. He's... Quite tough in he's, the game. He's pretty he's tough. Quite like, he's quite tough. You know, he's he's maybe tough enough to run. Maybe. Yeah, but I mean that just upsets me because the Death Guard should be really tough, law wise, rules wise. There's not quite that marriage. There's yeah. some stuff is really tough. Other stuff, man, not so much. Like toughness seven. Come on. Yeah, he should be tough. Come on now. Whereas Titanicus gets the law and gameplay like they yeah, coalesce well, beautifully. It feels amazing. Uh, and war warhounds in packs. Very dangerous. Yeah. Specifically, the Lupercal Maniple. Yeah, this is where all of the things where we've been complaining about... No, not complaining. We're just saying, when we're listing the problems with Warhounds, like, this is where none of that matters. This is where all of that goes out the window. So, I was mentioning earlier in that game, where I had them all in one big squadron to give them an order. That was a gambit to see if I could get a really quick winning position early on. If I wasn't running the Lupercal Maniple, I'd be bucks for the rest of the game, because I would have one activation for the rest of the game. Yep. Lupercal Maniple lets you, at the start of every turn, decide what's in a squadron with what. So, the next turn I can just go, there's no squadron, they're all free and independent. Which is fucking bonkers. Fucking bonkers. And the stuff where I was saying it has, they have just enough teeth, and I stress just enough teeth, Lupercal gives them an additional plus one when they're t making a coordinated strike as part of a squadron. Which makes them fucking batty. Yeah. And I would say, you know, it, it, it's just crazy because your Princeps, as we just mentioned, with the orders, he gets plus yeah. two to orders. You can make him squadron with any Warhound on that board. So let's say you have Princeps on one side. He squadrons with a guy on the other side of the battlefield, but you want that guy to have first fire. Yep. You can just throw the Princeps in there as an activation just to give it a three plus to make it a guaranteed thing. I mean, although you, you force your princeps to then use first fire as well. Yeah, you do. So it, it's a risk versus reward thing, yeah. but there's going to be situations where you can do shit like that. Yeah. Like, it, it's not that it's you're going to do that often, but you have that option available to you. Now, also in the game we played, where you were doing this order, yep. I think it's fair to say that you were experimenting, pushing a little bit how far you could be bullshit with the Lupercal Maniple. I... Because particularly breaking squads and making new squads is the thing that completely... 
makes it amazing. Because yeah. the extra plus one is very, very nice. Like, super nice. Like, if you're taking Warhounds, just take the Lupercal every time. If you can. Yeah. If you can. If, if it suits your other manables, yeah. do it. If, if you have enough space for it, if you're running three Warhounds or more... I think, actually, no, I don't know if it's worth it with three so much. Yeah. Like, at that stage, it's kind of like... um. Maybe you run them in a different maniple with other things. Maybe you don't focus on the loop cal. I'd still say the loop cal is still pretty fucking good. Yeah. Anyway, I, I mean, just just for the bonus, but with five, it's bonkers. Yeah. Just just having plus one for all your armor rolls yeah. is a is a nice bonus anyway. It is. But the fact the the fact <laughs> the, <laughs> the fact <laughs> the fact that you can just make and break squadrons at mm. will. Well, once a turn. Once a turn. At the start of the fair. turn. Let's be fair. At the start of the turn. But it's, but it's, it's batty. Yeah. And one of the things you were experimenting with, which we both knew was going on, even though you didn't admit it, even though you were trying to be backhanded, he I'm, not sure. I'm not even sure you're on about it. He, 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 he was cheating. <laughs> no, it's just when you break the squads, Yeah. using the void shield sharing capabilities. Oh, yeah. The, the void shield sharing is bonkers. Yeah. So... You make a squadron of three. I then shoot all my weapons in. They have to be in base contact, though. They have to be in base contact. But for every attack, you can decide whose void shields it goes on. So you can make sure that all of them maintain their void shields. Because if all, well, if one of them loses their void shields, he can no longer link his void shields with Which the others. Is the interesting like side effect of the merging void shields things that they do need to have to have they do have to have it. Yeah. Which is, and I, I did catch you once uh, punishingly, although it didn't really matter. Uh, where just you put the attack on your, all the attacks on the princeps. Yep. And then he actually failed all his saves, and it just blew his void shields off. It did, and then he couldn't be part of the. Uh, In the show, yeah, because like, the, uh, cool. the remaining shots afterwards, I couldn't merge void shields with or whatever. Yeah, which it's nice. it's nice. However, this is a real pain in the butt when you're trying to kill them, and it can make warhounds incredibly tough. Like unless you just chump all the shields off of one of the guys immediately. Uh, it's a real pain in the ass. Now, the other thing that's a pain in the ass about it is in this scenario where I removed the princeps shields because they were linking their shields, I was actually targeting another warhound. Yeah. So this original warhound had three void shields left. Princeps had four. They got blown off. They got blown off. However, all of my attacks, because it was the warlord, and my so first... I think, I think my warhounds only have three void shields maximum. Oh, yeah, one sorry, three yeah, plus yeah, two yeah. four pluses three yeah sorry so he, yeah the, the one that I was shooting at was on a four plus the princeps was on a three plus save on his void shields he was, he was unharmed now I blew off the princeps void shields however I was still shooting the other guy which I would say is the height of the bullshit because then my <laughs> then my shots hit his void shield yeah because in the example where you can make it a group of three or yeah just even two even two where they're sharing their shields. And the other guy takes all the the flak, or even just some of the flak, and then the other guy still has his void shields. Getting an extra turn from your warhounds is crazy good. Yeah, and especially when you're at danger close levels, like where the enemy is in at the point of where they could kill a warhound in one turn. The warhound is also loving that position because then you can flank, and they're, then they are really nice, like a knife's edge type unit. Yeah, which is partially why I love them because when when you do get to that point where it's like. Typically before, it, it's, it's a lot of brinksmanship with them. It's like just before sort of like um, killing some of your stuff, 
Warhounds will have lost most of their void shields and be ready to die. <laughs> it's yeah. like, can you get them to a position whereby you will start getting kills before you start losing Warhounds? Because if you lose one or two Warhounds, you're really starting to get fucked Yeah, with this whole thing because you need to have that numbers advantage. But if you can just get maybe one pick off, that's when it starts just like... It it's just compounded. Yeah, it's wonderful. And that's the other interesting thing with the Lupercal and the Warhounds in general mm. that we've kind of found is that Warhounds seem to be the late game winners. Yeah, because if you can maintain your warhound numbers, and like you like you just said, get one or two pickoffs, it's actually insane. Because then, let's say, just the, the example of one warlord versus two warhounds, you can only face one of them. Yeah. So if you have your warhounds like still in decent numbers by the mid game, and the enemy is taking quite a few casualties, like it's just going the way of the warhounds. Yeah, because it, now they're in the midfield. Once they're within range. You're gonna get pretty fucked. <laughs> they do tend to have a short range with their guns. A short range where they're really effective. But if they get there, you're going to be having problems. And the game which I won, I just managed to get one Warhound in turn one, I think. Yeah. Which was just huge. Just huge. And especially with the Loop Cal, where you can do all these shits and tricks. Um. You know, with with shields and maintaining shields, and you know, one guy gets the one shield, and then you just make him into a new squadron with two guys with full void shields, and it's like, well, for fuck's sake, I'm never going to get his void shield now. Um, yeah, what what's amazing about that is just if you get that one kill, one warhound gone, that is so much utility robbed. Yeah, from the Lupercal Manable, and then if you can maintain that, um, it's going to go well. But if the if the Warhounds are allowed to get to the mid or late game, they're gonna win. Which I think is really awesome and fun. Because they're they're the small guys. Yeah. But they're actually the late game winners. Or Which that's was, that's our current a, experience. It was a weird conclusion we came to, but it is what we've experienced in our games at the very least. Yeah. Just from that closing the gaps, mm. just from getting behind. Does it they will outmaneuver everything. Once they have once they have the time and space, which by the end of the game they will, to get around and behind and do warhound things, there's not much you can do. But you yeah. can definitely shift on them before they get to that point. Or you reduce the numbers to the point where, yeah, they're going to get behind you or get to the sides, but that doesn't really matter. Or you just stop them doing the objective. Like It's not like they're overpowering. They, they just win all the time. They yeah. do in my case, but... And I think the Lupercal Manable is obscene. I think it is really good. Yeah. And I'm not a hundred percent sure. So there's sometimes when you you come across rules or exploits in video games, where you do think, did the game designer really consider this? Yeah. And I would argue that the point of contention for me, where did the game designer really consider this, is the void shield sharing when you break and make new squadrons. So if those squadrons were locked I'm, in, I'm not sure if you even need to be in a squadron to merge void shields. You do, you do, do you? Okay. you do, yeah. It's because it's in the squadron rules and it says right. you, you're squad mates. Um, right. So you do need to be in the squadron, and the loop count just lets you break and make new ones. So you can just, you know, your guys with weak void shields, you can protect them with the guys with still strong void shields. Whereas when it's just a squadron and they're all locked in together, yeah, that's a lot easier to break. That's a lot easier to destroy. Um, so I think the loop count giving you plus one to your armor pen is good. That's a nice bonus. I wouldn't say it's strong enough on its own. Definitely not. It's the formation breaking. Which but is... the formation breaking, which is just too strong. Like I, I think you could have the formation breaking and not the plus one, 
and it'd still be good. I think the Lupercal Maniple is how it is because the Warhounds are weak. I, I think I can see like sort of the game design logic behind it, which is if somebody wants to be running all Warhounds, they're going to want not a more challenging game because I'm not going to say that um, playing all Warhounds is harder. But they're going to want a more, I don't know, tactical and decision-making game based on like how much they have to move and try and do shit on the board. So okay, let's give them something which rewards that and lets you, if you're trying to do something a bit more complicated, which you will have just by virtue of more uh, activations, let's give you the tools to make it even more complicated and let you have fun with that. Which does reward the kind of player like me who's like, I want to, I want to fuck around with weird and random complicated things. But it's also really fucking good. <laughs> It's really like, good. I, I'm it trying to really think good. of another maniple which is similar levels of shit. Yeah, I, I think that that is the best maniple. Um, I also think that perhaps our games have been skewed because you do have good dice rolling, mm. and perhaps other people with warhounds are just getting their warhounds dicked on, like yeah. me. Yeah, my, my warhounds get dicked, <laughs> like hilariously <laughs> dicked, massively cocked. Like in a one v one with another warhound, my warhound will be upturned. Your warhound will shove his own void shields immediately. Yeah, and the other warhound's fine. Yeah, like, that it's... is my experience of warhounds, which is why I rely in good old fashioned big steel warlords. Maybe yeah, maybe this one. But going back to that brinksmanship, which I mentioned, maybe because I do, I am just slightly luckier than average. It works well. It works well. Maybe it's a it's case a, it's where a it's a punishing marriage for your opponent. <laughs> it is. It like really it's. Is. Because, like I said with the loop cal, if you can get that one kill in the first turn or just keep ahead of that Warhound curve and control their board position so they can't flank you, that's it. It will be checkmate. You will win. Yeah. Yeah, perhaps other people experience that more frequently because they don't have good rolling. Yeah, that'd be fair, but maybe. That'd be part of the issue. Now let's talk knights. Yeah, right. I guess that's like the logical conclusion. Knights are an interesting one because, once again, I disagree with the majority of people. Okay. Because people say that knights are obscene. They seem pretty fucking good. Now, knights are obscene. 12-inch move charge. With Serastus. With Serastus is bonkers. Okay, there's something we've got to talk about there. Something we've got to talk about is with the Serastus knights and the knights in general, when you give them a charge order... Now, you and I disagree on this, and I did. I refused to play them this way... Because I think it is ridiculously strong and is broken. Like, hardcore broken here. I'm not just talking Lupercal, strong, Th this... maybe look, looking to nerf it, maybe. Yeah. This is broken. Cannot be played this way because I do not like it. It leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And that is, when you do a charge move with the knights, and I've not seen anything to the contrary, maybe there's something we're missing here, but for every one inch you move, you get a bonus attack. Every three inches. Every three inches, sorry. Christ, that would be amazing. That yeah, would be absurd. Every three inches. So a Serastus Knight that charges 12 inches gets four bonus attacks of strength eight. And he's hitting on twos, isn't he? He's hitting on twos, which I refused. I refused to roll which, that. It, the thing which makes it especially broken is the size of Knights. Like, the fact they can get behind terrain so easily. Yeah. And and the way, the way that they've tried to fix that is with line of sight in the FAQ. Yeah. Because they've said that Knights can't charge something they can't see. Yeah. Because what people used to do is just park the knight behind just completely line of sight blocking terrain, like a container or you know, a big statue or big rock or something, so you can't see the knight, and then the knight just charges you from the side, which is like 8th edition fucking Harlequins. 
I'm sorry, you should always need line of sight to charge things, in my opinion. It, 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 helps, it helps get around some Just of that balance. bullshit. Yeah. Other than that... Other than that. Other than that one example where... Yeah, that was the game you won, to be fair, so it didn't really matter that you didn't take the... Yeah, but written. I, I also feel that that's wrong. I feel that it's wrong because they get such a big bonus. And the other thing to note is that when you do the charge order, you have to move in your front arc. You have to move in a straight line in your front arc. You don't have to move in a straight line. You don't have to move in a straight line, sorry. But you have to move within your front arc and you can't turn at all. Yeah. Now, knights, their front arc is the whole of their base. They have no facing. It specifically states in the rules that every single facing is their front arc. Which is a bit of a bitch. Which means they can charge backwards, sideways, Whatever. Upwards, downwards, Upwards, downwards. Now, in a typical charge, you have to move within that front arc. Now, you have to move in a straight line. You have to move forwards. You can't move backwards. You have to move in a straight line. Oh, sorry. Yeah, well, yeah. So, so have I, I have to line. check to see whether that's been routed because... Yeah, it hasn't been. It no, hasn't yeah, been. I don't think. I don't think. So, Bec- oh. we were talking about this. So, a Warlord, let's say it has a four-inch charge, which it does. No boosting. And there's an enemy three inches away. Now, what we were discussing when we were playing this game, and Alan brought up very rightly, um, is that you could just move in diagonals. You could move in two diagonals or three diagonals to make sure you get four inches. Yeah. All right, let's say it's two inches and three inches. Because that's the difference of a bonus attack. So either you move in a straight line, two inches, no bonus attack, or you move in zigzags, still moving forward, still not turning, still within the front arc to get that extra attack, which it hasn't specified yet because in the rules it does say that you can move in zigzags you can divide your movement up in different directions yeah now it's still forward movement it's still within the front arc so theoretically it's possible because this is why Henry comes to me with stress testing new ideas for these things because i'm the person who sees this shit and goes wait you can just abuse that means i can yeah i can zigzag so what this means for the serastus knights as well once you take this rule into account is you can be one inch away and you can walk backwards. Yeah, because it's still within front arc. Yeah, still within front arc. As far as you need to, then walk all the way back in to make sure um, every single time you get four, four extra attacks. To us, we probably have to check that one for like yeah. specific wording because there might be something that prevents you from doing that bullshit. I. But currently, I think you can do that, and I think people just. I need to check it. the router because they they need to have something like in a dead straight line towards the. Even then, you'll still have stuff like aiming for different parts of their base, which I'm kind of okay with. Because you know, you, do you, that way you can get a diagonal line by sort of aiming for like the side bit of their base. Yeah, yeah. Unless they say the closest bit of their base. Yeah. But as is right now, Serastus Knights, 12 inch move. Unless it's been routed, in which case we're wrong, but. Yeah. And we might be wrong on the bonus attacks for Knights. If we're wrong on the bonus attacks for Knights, I if think. If Knights don't get bonus attacks, then I think this is all fine. I think if they don't get bonus attacks, Knights are bad. I think I Knights would are bad. say they're fine. And I disagree with the meta. I, I, I disagree with everyone. Every time. I I get on a bus and I just fight people. <laughs> I don't That's think, all I do. I don't think knights are bad. I think knights are bad, and simply because of template weaponry. Template weaponry and high strength. Now, in the game we most recently played. Yes. I have two units of knights. I have a unit of Serastus knights and a unit of basic boys. Serastus knights look fucking gorgeous. They do? They both look gorgeous. Yeah. Questorus knights, that's what they're called. Yeah. And those lads who may have appeared in eighth edition, you may not have noticed. You may or may not have noticed them dominating the scene, yes. quote unquote. Um, one warhound with a plasma blast gun fires it on overcharge, strength ten, against your unit of knights. He, if he hits, he could get four shots hitting. Which it's Alan, 
Hello. <laughs> he it's always happened. gets that. He yeah. always gets that. In this game, he fired through a fucking window with a minus three to hit, needing a six. Just gets the hit. Just gets it. Yeah. Anyway, four As hits. You do, four hits and strength ten. You do not get an ion shield for knights. And when it's uh, that level of strength. Yeah, and if you roll a critical, it just destroys the knight. Yes. So against Serastus, who are the same toughness as regular boys, I believe. Is it like a 16 plus though, or 15 plus? It is a 16 plus. Just fucking tough, to be fair. However, loop cow maniple, or just warhounds, concentrate fight, you get an extra plus one. So now you're strength 11. Yep. And if you roll a critical, half of your Serastus are gone. If you and have the other two. And if you have four shots of superheated plasma going in at strength 11, <laughs> it's probably got both of them. And in this game, it did. It got both units of knights for one round of shooting for both, each warhound. Both models. Oh, no, sorry. Oh, yeah, no, it was one warhound per One warhound unit. per yeah. And that what, the... what that translates to is that's roughly a 400-point investment that can just be wiped out with two warhounds with blast guns. And I appreciate that's more points, but... I would just like to say that it was with contemptuous ease <laughs> that these knights were killed. Okay, they shouldn't have died. But to be fair, they shouldn't have died. Not they all of them. But they would have been crippled yeah. and then kind of not really doing too much yeah. and then they would die the next time. No, turn. but they, they, I think they serve a key purpose which you're overlooking here. It's distraction card effects. No, cheap activations. Which... But they're not that cheap. A unit of Questorus knights is the same as a warhound. And I think I'd rather have a warhound. Yeah, like, there's, there's like, same cost no, no, there's, there's like forty points difference. Isn't that much? I Ooh. would rather have the warhound than knights. Nice. And the warhound hits harder. Uh, yeah, they've it got, doesn't. They've, they've got to be cheaper. They're like they're like no, one thirty before weapons. They're not because it's fucking fifteen points a weapon, and then fifteen points for a close combat weapon. Fifteen points per close combat weapon. Yes. There are thereabouts. Are you, are there are sure not five points. And then five points for the fucking Gatling gun, which is a complete waste of fucking points at this point. <laughs> like, I would rather take a knight that was completely fucking naked than one with a Gatling gun, because it pisses me off that I had to pay for it. <laughs> is it 15 points, really? 15 points per close combat weapon, yeah. Jesus. Like, they're expensive. They are deceptively expensive. They're not yeah. that cheap. They really do come into Warhound territory. Okay, I'd say maybe Serastus Knights? Like Serastus Knights are good. They yeah. are good. Questorus Knights, no. And people are just misplaying against them. Like, seriously, throw a template their direction. Throw a template with, in their direction. Uh, it's called a wen plate. A wen plate. A template <laughs> wen plate. I honestly don't know why that happened. I think it was My neat. speech just went. Um, throw a template wen plate their direction, and they will melt. Because not only do you get, if, if you get the hit, you get the, the central hole, two free hits on that knight, but then everyone else hit by the blast. It's wonderful. It's like a bellicosa. Let's say a bellicosa hits. You're getting four sh four hits of strength eleven, which is the exact same as that fucking plasma from one warhound. But hey ho, hey ho, <laughs> whatever. Look, look, there's nothing wrong with warhounds. Yeah, with warhounds. Bullshit. Too strong weaponry. Too strong. Look, the Vulcan Megabolt is only strength four. Yeah, which, which just so becomes, happens, which becomes strength seven with the Lupercal Maniple, or strength six, sorry, with the Lupercal Maniple. Yeah, that's without any flanking. Then with flanking is strength flanking. eight, and then if you put like just a little bit of damage on with the plasma, you're looking at like what strength twelve, sorry, yeah. strength ten, strength eleven. Yeah, it's bollocks. With the Vulcan Megabolter, bollocks. <laughs> also, you know how you're bitching. Henry was bitching last time about me firing Vulcan Megabolter shots because I tend like with the whole yeah. On average, you get six shots. Sorry, six hits because of the six giving two hits. And I tend to roll higher than... Six. 
Yeah. You get more than six hits. You get yeah, like was, eight. eight you know, there, there was one where it was like, uh, roll six. I think it was like, it was at a three plus, maybe at a four plus, and I got nine hits. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember that. It's quite punishing. <laughs> quite difficult to play against as well when, you're, when your opponent is just throwing shovels of elephant shit right in your face. Like, you're both standing there respectfully at the table, you respect their free will, you respect their personal space, and they're just smiling at you, throwing shit at you. Expecting you to take it. Titanicus, that's the experience. So knights, yeah, I think they're deceptively... Errant. Questorus. Yeah. Questorus are iffy right now. Questorus are definitely iffy. I'm not such a huge fan. Maybe I'm using it incorrectly. Um... But Sarastus, definitely nice. And if the charge bonus works as we think it does, we might be wrong, it's broken as fuck. Yeah, it's... It's, it's really broken, broken as fuck, because they're about 200 points, but they pack a wallop. Yeah. Big wallop. Terrifying Big wallop. wallop. Is there anything else we want to discuss when it comes to the gameplay side of things? Scenery. Oh, shit, yeah. I have not made up my mind on scenery. As in? As in... If you have Warhounds... Versus Warlords, because, you know, the Reaver is just that, that in-between. He will benefit. Yep. Warlords can gain cover. Warhounds are less likely to be shot. And also gain cover. Yep. And potentially line of sight blocking terrain, depending on the size. Line of sight blocking terrain. Which, line of sight blocking terrain definitely favours Warhounds. Like, I, line of sight yeah. blocking terrain rewards speed, rewards aggression. Oh yeah, because if there's like a blind bit of line of blocking terrain in the middle, I can manoeuvre around that for days while getting closer to you. Yeah, and the warlord is just never going to be able to cope with that. You have to position your warlord way away from the, the line of sight blocking terrain so that he can get a field of vision on either side yeah. of it. That's my interpretation. Which then renders him slightly irrelevant if anything happens. Yeah, and it, it's a bad position. Um, so line of sight blocking terrain definitely favours that. However, when it's just terrain that gets in the way of shooting... I mean, from my experience of having the Warlord in terrain, it's, like, super nice. Super, it super is. nice. It is. And I also feel like when, when the Warlord is shooting at a Warhound, minus one to hit, I don't know, you still have enough punch in the Warlord to kill that one Warhound. Oh, shit, yeah. Warhounds die to a stiff breeze. Yeah, so I think that the, the cover actually, when they're both in cover, I think the cover benefits the Warlord more. Well, I think the Warlord gains more because I he's think, already super tough. I think he gains more because he will have more shots fired at him. So yeah. for that one bit of cover, it benefits across yeah more things. And it's probably going to be harder to outflank that one model. Yeah. Because Warhounds are going to be positioned further forwards. So getting flanks on them is certainly doable, especially if Warhounds of your own or Knights or maybe even Reavers. Whereas the Warlord's going to be a bit further back, a lot harder to flank. Because you're, you're, you're wary of getting your wall of plant because you know, you, you'll be throwing him away if you do. And so he benefits more in that aspect. As is, though, it's almost as if they've balanced this game well, barring the Mori Quake Cannon. Barring the Mori Quake Cannon, but barring Lubicar Manifold. <laughs> barring <laughs> Knights, if Lube they work as we think they do. <laughs> Lubicar Manifold's fine. It's fine. Don't touch it. Please?